You are now tuning in to the Top Shelf Edition, presented by Northern Superior Brewing Company. Northern Superior Brewing Company always brings forward top shelf product and customer satisfaction. Located on 50 Pym Street in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario, Northern Superior is available for local delivery or provide a friendly yet exciting atmosphere inside its tap room. Follow Northern Superior on Instagram or Facebook. You can also check out their website at northernsuperior.org. At Northern, we're superior. It's a Northern thing. Now how about some hockey chat? Let's get to the crew inside the Gem Studios, bringing you Gem and the Game Sports Show Hockey Edition, Top Shelf. Booyah, and it's time for the Game Sports Show, Top Shelf Edition Upload, presented by Nolan Superior Brewing Company. It is your host, David McKaig Jr., and I am joined by Scott Neeson, who will be my co-host here tonight. Scotty, how are you? Dave, uh, great to be on your show. It's been a while since I've been on the show over in Sioux, Ontario, but always happy to be with you and uh, talking some local hockey. We didn't get a chance on Monday night's edition of the game on ESPN 1400 to talk to you because we had some breaking news and some other issues, but certainly looking forward to talking about it tonight. It's going to be certainly fun, as always, my friend. And just to give the listeners a little uh, piece of the agenda here, Scott has already alluded to with the local hockey discussion. We're going to use the hashtag gem local to open this up. But I'm actually going to give Scotty the reins here on this edition to kind of host and run through the topics as he uh, was a part of the breaking news through the ESPN 1400 edition that you can check out on our website, thegamesportshow.com, and all the platforms that we are a part of and that you should already be following but i'm going to remind listeners what is top shelf as this is still a fairly new title but of course not a new show when it comes to the game sports show in sault ste marie ontario and canada Uh, this is all about hockey of course this is what top shelf that's what that transitions to and as i mentioned at the top of my comment here we're going to be going through the game entertainment and media local side and scotty i'm giving you the floor my friend to host this show for yours truly for once i'm going to take a back seat and not run my mouth as much as much people would say. And I'm going to give you the reins, as I said. So start us off, Scotty. Well, Dave, you and I have been talking for, well, now a couple months about the resumption to play in the Northern Ontario Hockey League and the Ontario Hockey League. And on Monday, the NLJHL announced that in cooperation with its member clubs, as well as various regional public health units, uh, that play has resumed uh, as of last night. Last night, French River and Espanola played a game tonight. As we record on Wednesday night, the Sioux Thunderbirds are taking on the Blind River Beavers. Now, it's a little uh, complicated to try to understand, but right now, there are some teams that will not be playing in the NLJHL this season, including on this side, the Sioux Eagles, because of border closures. Uh, but the teams that are playing, again, we mentioned last night, Espinola and French River, they have agreed to a current four-game schedule because they're in the same provincial health unit. The Sioux Thunderbirds and Blind River Beavers, they have a six-game matchup uh, starting tonight at the John Rhodes Community Center. Later on, the Timmins Rock and Cochrane Crunch will also be meeting in uh, several game series. They haven't finalized that schedule. Due to ongoing COVID-19 restrictions, Dave, the Hearst Lumberjacks and Kirkland Lake Gold Miners will join the Powassan Voodoos and Elliott Lake Wildcats opting out of this season. Uh, one other team, Rayside Balfour, 
the Canadians, they're currently idle, but the league is exploring other options for them, uh, possibly playing against Sudbury's under-18 program. Uh, the Rayside Belfour, they are slated to play NLJHL games against Espinola and French River. But again, you only have two teams that are able to play each other for a few games, and Rayside will either take on French River or the Espinola Express. Uh, there will be no NLJHL champion crown this season, uh, that coming from uh, Commissioner Robert Mazuka. So, you know, we're getting some return to play. I know, Dave, that uh, I'm sure uh, Trevor Zachary and uh, Denny Lambert and all the players for the Thunderbirds, they're just happy to be on the ice. I don't think they care too much as far as, okay, so we're playing the same team for a while. We don't have a championship. But, you know, a lot of these teams, Dave, have been practicing a lot. I just broadcast an exhibition game for the Sioux Eagles last night. They're playing a group of Sioux All-Stars. And just to, just to be able to play right now, I guess, is a blessing. So so your thoughts on the NLJHL's resume to play? We got five teams out, but seven teams able to play. So you know what, Scotty? I couldn't have led off to a comment or a topic better than that, my friend, still. You know, that's so definitely happy you're having the range with us here tonight. So, you know what, you brought up a lot of good points and a lot of information with the NLJHL return to play, and uh, definitely you could check all that on, on the NLJHL.com website. But one thing that I was going to say is, of course, it's it's unfortunate about Hurst and Crook and Lake and not uh, continuing their season, but of course, teams looking forward to 21-22 season. Uh, I was actually surprised, Scott, about the NLJHL champion not being crowned, but I get it, right? Like, I figured maybe there'd be a tournament, there'd be a little cup. Like, if you recall, like, of course, this is back when I played, and I make it sound like it was many, many years ago, but really it was just over a decade ago. There was... A, a cup between the Thunderbirds and the Blind River Beavers. And I think it'd be kind of cool to do a little mini series there and make it kind of fun between even French River and Espanola for the season. And, you know, whatever happens in Sudbury with Rayside, if they're able to jump in, if you're going to make like a Northern uh, or Algoma region, or I know Sudbury is obviously not Algoma, but like if you're going to make a, maybe a little championship there, a little mini series, just to make something a little bit exciting for the divisions. I was kind of hoping that that, that would be the direction that they would go, but they still want them, the players to play because yes, you don't want to waste this year, but the key word in there, Scott, in their write up in the NOJHL.com was the scouts. Okay. Right. Like here, here's the thing. Like you have a player who is 19 or 20, especially that are looking to still continue their hockey career, maybe in a divisional three level that can get scholarships, right? There's opportunities for that. And they get well-recognized, you know, JHL for that. Or if you even want to rewind four years before that, like 16, 17-year-olds, you know, maybe there's a chance they get drafted late in the OHL draft late or that they just get drafted in general. Or maybe they just want to go play with other teams in Canada and to be able to play at, at leagues maybe in British Columbia or look at different leagues to spread their wings. How are they going to be able to showcase their talent? Well, you have you have the scouts playing. You have HockeyTV.com. You have Eastlink TV. You have all that going on. And, of course, you have us promoting teams and players. So a lot of it's going to rely on the, not only just the games being back, but I'm interested to see how the scouts approach it, how the players are able to demonstrate their talent. But I would honestly really like to see, as I said off the top, Scott, is something that could be done to make it a bit more uh, you know, intriguing for some sort of championship in a region. Like if Sue can't go play French River this year because of the COVID restrictions, hopefully we can arrange something. But 
I maybe I'm getting a little too optimistic. The main point is, and you said at the end of your point, was that excitement to be back. And I know Trevor, I know Danny, those guys are thrilled to be back. It's been a, let's say, much needed patience that was needed to be presented by all organizations to get back. But that is what the world has been. And you know what? Everyone's actually been pretty good in the community here in Sault Ste. Marie in terms of understanding, except that little blurb that we had in the holidays going into January. But nonetheless, it's been overall the Thunderbirds and the Blind River Beavers. They're like you said, they're just very happy to be back. But I would have loved to see the Sioux Eagles. Right. But again, there's travel restrictions. So I'm hoping they can kind of do something, as I said, numerous times to make it kind of uh, very comp- make it extra competitive if you will and make it even more attractive for scouts to to watch you know if scouts are watching a game and they see oh blinder with the Thunderbirds playing back and forth back and forth a bunch of games it'd be cool if there was like oh this is game seven of the of the Algoma Cup or the yeah. Provincial Cup uh, I know there was another name for it I'm probably getting chirped on the radio waves for this because I should know it on the top of my head of what it was but nonetheless you know, it'd be something interesting to attract the audience from outside because that's what's the biggest challenge with COVID is the exposure for the players. Yeah, and the Eagles and Thunderbirds used to play for, I believe it was called the Roley King Cup uh, back yeah. in the day. And, and that was, you know, an eight-game series. And certainly it'd be nice if the teams – and maybe they can come up with it on their own. I mean, I don't know if they need legal approval for that. But you, you mentioned a couple things I was going to mention, Dave, about just being able to see these games, obviously not having – uh, fans or a few fans in the stands uh, last night, French river and Espanola French river was down five to two with two and a half minutes to play. They came back and tied it and won in overtime. So certainly the games have been exciting. And of course, myself being a broadcaster for the Sioux Eagles, I've been around that team a, a bit this season. And what I've been very impressed with is obviously they've been dealt a tough hand with COVID and then the border closure, not being able to play in the league. They have been able to schedule some exhibition games. Uh, they're in the process of doing that now, uh, trying to get some more home games at Polar Stadium. But but the attitude of the players, and the coaches to me has, has been extraordinary. I mean, all things considered, I did a round of player interviews uh, for the Sioux Eagles website a few weeks ago, and I was amazed by just the attitude about, you know, we're practicing a lot. We're not playing for a championship, but I didn't get a lot of, you know, this really sucks or this, this is something, this is terrible. I, I can't stand it. They're all just happy to be playing. And so anybody coaching any of these squads right now and the billet parents, you know, because, you know, think of it's tough being a billet parent in normal times, let alone a pandemic and the parents back home that are, that are very concerned, not seeing their kids play on, you know, online or being able to come see them in person. I mean, it just goes to a lot of the character of these coaches and kids just, you know, navigating through this pandemic, just be happy to be out there. And while we're not going to have, you know, an NLJHL champion, uh, we'll talk about the OHL in a minute. It just, you know, it's just a lot of good people right now, just, just trying to do their best. And I think that's overall, I think a lot of people are, are in that boat. Yeah. You get those that are maybe not taking the pandemic seriously or complaining about this or complaining about not wearing a mask. But I think overall on both sides of the border, I think most people are addressing this as best they can. And certainly in the world of sports, they're just happy to be out there playing. I know personally, my son's playing freshman basketball and, you know, he got for months that we didn't know if there was going to be a season and just, you know, they have to wear masks and there's spectator limitations, but the overall mental health of him and so many of these athletes has improved 
over the past few weeks because they're out there doing the things they love. And, you know, it's not looking normal, but it's a normal routine. And I think that's something that, you know, can't be stressed enough is just the, the overall mental health of getting out and playing these games. You know me, Dave, I work in the mental health field. I think that can't be understated. No, you know what? Honestly, and like, I love the optimism, the positivity from the players just to be back out there. That shows the enjoyment and the love for the game from their end. But the reason, big reason why we've already talked about scouts a couple times in our comments and, uh, you know, make they're not upset about a championship and it's obviously understood, you know, but I feel like as the NOJHL, there's a league that has improved in terms of getting scout attraction. Like I, I may be a bit out of line to say this, but when, but before the 2010s, even the thousands, the NOJHL didn't have the respect that it did now then. Okay. Flat out going to say it where when it came to scouts, a lot of teams would rather go to Southern Ontario, would rather go to out West to look at players and they would look at the NOJHL in a different kind of realm, which was really unfair because when you think about it, look at the talent that this league has generated, right? You can look at D'Agostini, Kennedy, uh, the, the list goes on. And like obviously Bronson Kovacs, which a lot of people may not talk about, but there's a guy who played for the Sioux Thunderbirds that is having a nice career over in Europe. And he's actually announced that it's going to be his last year over in Europe. So the NOJHL has had a lot of of talent in the league okay and there's more players that i currently don't even think mark alain bejan was one who was kind of my nemesis when i played my first year anyways and there's a guy that has such a great hockey career now i'm not too sure what he's doing post hockey but it was a league that really was trying to get to that position of having more attractive scouts and to be honest got a team that changed that was the sioux eagles yeah because you have Lake State across the border. You have access now. And I know being a member of the Sioux Eagles, there was teams like Mercyhurst College. There's a lot of um, a lot of teams that are able to attend games, which when they're attracted, they go see a player that they like. Oh, they see someone on the Thunderbirds. Oh, we're going to make sure we go to Ontario. Oh, somebody came from North Bay. We go, okay, now we got to send somebody we know up to North Bay. That's, that's what really opened the door is when the transition from the Eagles came into the league. And that was around near – that was – my second year and actually my first year going my second year that's where the league started to really turn and get that respect and ever since then it's been ascending and ascending and a lot of great talent from there like don't forget the thunderbirds are a team that made the rbc at one point just yeah. how many years ago now right so honestly that's where the nojhl in a whole could really utilize to get pull away from the pack in this particular year to do something different do something more exciting that's different than anybody else like we've talked about it on the show with top shelf where it would be awesome to see the whl the qmghl and the ohl treat the memorial cup like an ncaa bracket not going to happen, okay, but it would be absolutely awesome. You could, this is the year where you could do things different. The NHL has done it different. Look at that Canadian North Scotiabank division. Sorry, we got to make sure we say it correctly because <laughs> never know. Good. They might come on down here to say something to us. Um, you know, but it's been entertaining, right? It's been awesome. And that is where you have the opportunity to have to play with this unique year and make something different out of it. 
And that's my overall kind of only criticism is that that isn't planned yet. But at the same time, it's not fair for me to say that about the NOJHL uh, because they just all of a sudden got the lockdown lifted. They just jumped and they made these plans really quickly. So I give them credit for that. They can still do something like you said. The teams could come up with something. And I know when I do get the opportunity to talk to Trevor in more detail, I'm going to throw that in his ear. And I know he's somebody who's really passionate about the Thunderbirds. Obviously, he's a part of the staff. But he obviously is passionate about the, the hockey and the NOJHL. So if he is tuning into this edition, of course, this being sponsored by Norton Superior Brewing Company, this show, so I'm sure he'll be checking in to make sure that it might, I'm on my best behavior in terms of uh, representing his brand. Uh, but he, I think that'd be something that teams like Blind River and the Thunderbirds uh, can bring forward. And it would be attractive. If they start sharing on social media and the NOJHL shares it, a scout sees it. Oh, they're playing for the blah, blah, blah cup. Oh, that is really cool. Oh, they did something different. Oh, wow, they're making a little mini series. Oh, okay. And overtime, they're going to have continuous three-on-three overtime. Not not saying they're going to change rules. I'm not saying that. But like, if you throw something in there that's different, is my point. That is what's going to attract more scouts in a year where hockey around Canada is different. Okay, there's a lot of leagues that are playing. There's some that aren't playing. So the NOJHL could really be something to gain some attraction exterior from the league's eyes only. Scott Nason, a special guest host tonight for a special edition of the Top Shelf, along with David McKegg Jr. Dave, one more topic before we have to go tonight. And, you know, the clock is really ticking for the Ontario Hockey League right now as far as a start to play. Uh, the latest proposal uh, seems to have been shot down by the province. This according to the Minister of Heritage, Sport, Tourism, and Culture. That's a big title. Lindsay <laughs> McLeod, uh, she had a briefing uh, talking about the uh, different proposals. Uh, right now, uh, things are still up in the air. I know Commissioner David Branch is trying to put a proposal together. Um, the Ontario Hockey League may have to look at hub cities, as we've talked about. But, you know, you look at the calendar, Dave, and next week is March, and there's still questions on if there will be a Memorial Cup, the Sioux in the running, along with Oshawa. And um, Dr. Uh, Lukinda in media reports over the past few days over in Sioux, Ontario, was talking about, you know, he's starting to think maybe the Memorial Cup might be in question right now. Uh, what are your thoughts as far as the Ontario Hockey League? Of course, they're a bigger outfit, not, not just financially, but regionally with the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League. You have three American teams, so we don't know what's going to happen with them. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Ontario Hockey League? I was a little more optimistic a couple weeks ago, and now I'm not so sure. See, you know, and I was thinking about this this whole time, and I know we've mentioned it on our ESPN edition, and we also mentioned on previous editions of Top Shelf, and the big thing that, that I saw was that they can still align the games up with the NHL entry draft. Okay, so my whole point, okay, when you think about it from a perspective of uh, the OHL and the NHL, how does it connect? Very simple. The NHL entry draft, okay, is July 23rd to 24th. Okay. Yeah. Now, that is much later in the summer. We are in February. Okay, you got you got February. You you would have March, you would have April, you'd have May, you'd have June, and then July. Okay, that's almost five months, about approximately, of where you can still fit in some games. Almost. It's just shy of that. And that is where more than 24 games to have a schedule is enough. You, it, It'd be a hectic schedule, but you can certainly do something. And the reason why I mention the NHL entry draft is because 
the OHL wants to get started, not just because they like playing hockey and not because the players need to play in their organization. Outside of being the typical hockey response to that, they are able to still connect with the NHL because they need to be completed their season so scouts can have their work done and the National Hockey League to do the draft. Now, that's a complete different take than a lot of people would definitely look on it. Okay, but they have until, I would say, July 22nd is the day that I would say to finish all the leagues and games in junior hockey. Okay, that is where the, all the scouts will have all their stuff done, and that's where Memorial Cup can be played, whatever they do. So when people say the OHL is in trouble, I kind of would like to say that they're not because of the date gap and range that they have. However, it all depends on what city they, if they do a hub city or if all cities and how their rinks operate all year. It's so many defined factors in terms of consideration. And you mentioned hub cities, Scott, and I honestly don't think a hub city is going to happen, but it should be considered, okay, because that is what's going to help this. And I think Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario should be considered as one. I, I, I know Sudbury is not in a great spot, but there's a, a lot of opportunity for surrounding hotels exper- exterior from Sudbury. Uh, that would be a good option for teams to go to and just travel bus to hotel to rink sort of thing. And But again, that's a lot of teams that you have to settle in and a lot of ice time. So there's multiple cities you have to put in. And I just think that the Ontario Hockey League and the QMJHL in Quebec, there's another situation in Quebec. But if you could kind of come forward together with with corresponding with the WHL, which has already kind of initiated the 24-game schedule that they want to put forward, start your own 24-game schedule as soon as you possibly can. Vaccines in Ontario are starting to come out. Uh, it's not saying that everyone's immune and that's going to change everything. No, it's not. But if you can make a plan, okay, where you can have the 24-game schedule started in March at some point and decide if you're doing hub cities or not. You have to make sure you follow the government with that. That'd be step one. Decide if it's hub cities or not. Then step two, see if you can get the league, both leagues, okay, because I'm talking OHL and QMJHL, most typically the OHL, my current point here, because different rules over in Quebec. But if you can start the season by March the 28th, 27th, 28th weekend, okay, and you play – up until May the 15th, that gives a couple months to finish 24 games, okay? Then since you have 24 games, you have to make sure that you put forward a shortened playoff. You can't have the same playoff. So maybe you have six teams from each conference or you have four teams from each conference. And question with Flint and et cetera, what you would do with those players, I think you might have to seize the kind of operation from their end because I don't think the border is going to be an option. So maybe those players are free agents, okay? Or maybe another city in Ontario is able to inherit that team for the season, but that's a whole other process. I'm just talking date right now and I think if you could start the playoffs by May the 15th and then finish the playoffs okay because you cram it in there and you finish the playoffs by June the 19th at the absolute latest that is absolute latest with the shortened playoffs really every two days you're playing you can have the Memorial Cup start June 28th week okay and that will run for a couple weeks and you'll even be completed by the 10th now that is a long-winded answer, of course, and a lot of kind of ideal thinking into terms of one answer. But that is kind of my process when I think of it where I think they still have time to get something done, and I still think it's realistic, Scott. Make very valid points, Dave, and appreciate your insight. Uh, 
don't have a whole lot of time left, but the Lake Superior State University Lakers, they are currently ending their regular season. They've been able to play most of their games. They did have a couple-week pause due to COVID, but right now the Lakers are fourth in the WCHA. They're playing at Ferris State on Friday, and then we'll play their last three regular season games. And if you want to hear more about the Lakers, just head to thegamesportshow.com, thegamesportshow.podbean.com. We talked a lot about them on Monday night with the longtime voice of Laker hockey, Bill Crawford. So if you want to get your Laker hockey fix, go there. Dave, that's about all I have tonight. I really appreciate you Give me the opportunity to be on Top Shelf. It's a great show. I love what you guys are doing over there with not just Top Shelf, with Strike Zone, with In the Pocket, uh, coming up, your your special uploads and everything. Keep up the great work, and uh, thanks for having me on tonight. Scotty, of course. And you know what? I wanted to make sure that you hosted it because it was your first official Top Shelf edition. It's not your yes. first edition at all, but it's not. We've done a lot but with the title and obviously uh, with the breaking news, with the local side of things, want to make sure I gave you the forefront with that. And, uh, you know, it's always great to be, you know, doing a recording with you. It's unfortunate we couldn't uh, get everything done on Monday this week, but we've been doing what we could with the ESPN 1400 edition uploads since everything I started I haven't seen you since I think it's before I went to the Cayman Islands back in March of last year I think it might <laughs> yes. February 2020 it was that I haven't seen you so it's been over a calendar year since I've physically seen you we've only had the opportunity uh, to talk over Skype and recordings with the show of course and you know, all the things that we're doing with the game entertainment and media and just the game sports show as a whole is fantastic and we have a lot of big things coming especially one big project with the game entertainment and media that you know Scotty on my end and it's going to be it's been amazing and, and one thing with uh, Sports Center editions, I to make sure I give them a little shout out too. Or in the pocket edition, we're doing an upload tonight. This recording, as Scott said at the beginning, is being completed on Wednesday. Uh, February the 24th, uh, of course, but we will have an in-the-pocket edition upload tonight as well, uh, and this week we'll be uploading in um, a special edition upload, sorry, later this week, and it'll be Mike uh, Zigamanis will be the guest that will be uploading with that. We've had a lot of great reaction with David Ling, and David Ling sharing it on his social media pages. Much appreciated, of course, with that. He has a lot of followers, and he's gotten us a lot of reaction with that show, so make sure you check it out, because you don't want to be left behind not knowing his stories that he has presented, but nonetheless, Scott, thank you for everything that you do of course and i can't wait to see you in person and to see you give allow me to have a break and let you host this it just makes me feel at home you know well i pre- i appreciate that dave and you're doing great things and certainly can't wait till we all can get back together again i can show you my new house you can show me your new house and we will get you back on monday night's edition of the game that's on monday night six to eight o'clock on espn 1400 you can also find it on all the podcast sites and the main site, thegamesportshow.com. That's going to do it for this edition of Top Shelf. Special guest host Scott Nason, along with David McKegg Jr. want to thank Northern Superior Brewery for sponsoring our show and this edition of Top Shelf, powered by GEM, the game, entertainment, and media. And to remind you, keep your stick on the ice, swing your bats, catch your touchdowns, drain your threes, and shoot your shots. Booyah.